1: Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, March 1st, 2021. I'm your host, Blessing Oye Jr. Joining me
0: is Tim-ma-fucking-Geddies. Bless, I don't think I've done a show with you in a couple weeks. Yeah, man. It's, I, I feel like it's been a while. Yeah, this schedule has yeah. been all uh, whack over the last All over the weeks. place. So I I'm think happy. I did. I'm happy. The Tim and Bless energy on a Monday. I love it. Let's do it. Yeah, Let's man. get it going. I did
1: two back-to-backs with Fran, and I love Fran Marabella. I want to host <laughs> with Fran Marabella more often. But I feel like what the world needs is more blessing, Tim. Hell 100%. yeah. Hell
0: yeah. That's what I've been saying for years, baby. Let's get it going. Tim, how you been? I've been good, man. This is a weekend that was much needed. You know oh, yeah. A lot more chill than, than the last couple ones have been. Uh but this was cool. Got to watch a little FCF take moose to a new dog park that was that is new <laughs> around exciting. here. That how was, was the cool. FCF game? Uh FCF game was very sad and disappointing because we did lose, but it doesn't matter. Because we're all in the playoffs, so that's all that can matters. Win. And all that matters is is the Super Bowl. And I don't think they have a Super Bowl. But you know what? I don't know if they know what they have. We're making it hey as we go. we us make 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 right goals. now. We're Tiny one of the players. best.
1: <laughs> we're one of the best FCF teams. Is that, beca- is that because there's only like four of them? I have, no- I have no idea how many FCF teams there are. There are four. I only teams. heard four, four names. Yeah. Four four okay. Names. Well, that makes us one of the best FCF teams. so mm-hmm. i all take it. We're top four. I mean, we're sure. top four. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Alright, enough about FCF. Let's talk about E3's live event being canceled More remakes from Square Enix And Elden Ring leaks Because because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily Each and every week at 10 a.m. live Right here on twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news needs to know about If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong By going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong If you don't want to watch live You can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames Roosterteeth.com Or you can listen later on podcast services Around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games with bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you ps i love you xoxo is recording live later today on patreon uh then as always it's out for everyone on tuesday morning it's been a huge week of playstation news as you know because playstation uh, they're definitely listeners because we we put up psw xoxo on tuesday last week we record on monday and then later that day on tuesday all the playstation news broke which means that this week we have so much to talk about so make sure if you're on patreon tune in live for that otherwise make sure you tune into this week's episode because it should be a very good one then as always kind of funny xcast went went live over the weekend you can you can uh, catch snowbicle michael gary witta and paris lily as they go back and forth about bethesda and what to expect from them this year uh we have this month's patreon platinum tier print tim i don't know if you're the one that added, it, added this to the doc uh but i you're you're aware of this
0: are you, are you good to talk about this a little bit um no absolutely no. not it was not me and i do not okay. know what it is but
1: kevin you can go the link is in the doc
0: to kind slash of platinum and it'll let you know what it is
1: it is a very awesome print uh by the homie north there Alice. it is yeah yep yeah, yeah, yeah basically it's an it's a johnny ace print that looks amazing. There Donnie is sitting on that throne. Boom. Boom. You have to be a c- kind of funny Patreon Platinum tier member to get a hold of that. And so go check that out. Thank you to our Nerf Patreon Alice, producers.
0: Man, so talented. So oh talented. Oh, my God.
1: Dude, Alice is amazing. All of her art, every single time every, every time. every time she puts out something new, I'm like, damn, it's awesome to have talented friends. Shout out to yep. Nerf Alice. Mm-hmm. And thank you to our Patreon producers, James Davis, David Mom and Mohammed, Mohammed, the nanobiologist, Frank Furter, Shiraz Rizak. Patrick Higgins, Travis Gaikowski, Drew Gardner, Dominic Shorter, Jenny Burnt, Joseph Solar, Katie Kaliker, and Mohammed Mohammed again for some reason. Today we're brought to you by Honey, Logitech, and DoorDash, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report
0: it's time for some news we have
1: six stories today starting with our number one pretty good. that was really good that was really good starting with our number one e3 2021's live event has been canceled according to the, to la city documents this is an interesting one i'm pulling from adam Bankhurst at ign According to Los Angeles City documents, E3 2021's fiscal event has officially been canceled. As spotted by VGC, a new report published by the Board of Los Angeles Convention and Tourism Development Commission states that the E3 2021 live event is canceled and that the city is working with the production team on broadcast options at LA Live slash LA Convention Center. Furthermore, it's working with the ESA on licenses for both 2022 and 2023. This follows ESA's confirmation that E3 2021 would still be happening and that the ESA would be transforming the E3 experience for 2021. Quote, we can confirm we are transforming the E3 experience for 2021 and we'll soon share exact details on how how we're bringing the global video game community together. Tim, this one comes off of about a month ago, we got a report from VGC and they talked about how they they had reports of uh, the ESA working form of E3 that will take place across multiple days where they were going to go digital. Um, And this is something that ESA hasn't necessarily publicly talked about yet. They haven't publicly announced this, but now we're getting confirmation from the ESA that it seems like E3 at the very least will not be held physically at the LA Convention Center. Tim, what is your take on this?
0: Um, I, I think this is one of those things that's very not surprising, especially given where the world's at right now, that we're not going to have a physical E3. Uh, but I, I don't, I think the headline here is a little bit misleading where E3 2021's live event has been canceled. It's not canceled because it was never announced. So it's just one of those things where it's like, this is coming from the LA City like documents or whatever. I imagine that the plan going into this year was never for E3 to have its live component at LACC. And I'm sure this is all just like, back end legal stuff of they've had that spot every year for so long, or at least most years. Um, so I'm sure that that was just part of their like first writer's refusal type thing of do you guys want to take this or not? But the answer was always gonna be no, because I imagine based on what we heard a couple months ago, ESA has been planning a digital event. I very much think that is the case. That's what we will see oh, this yeah. year, and them talking about uh, the quote here. They're working with the production team on broadcast options at LA Live and LACC. Like that's that totally makes sense to me. Like they even if it's a digital event, they still need production facilities, and they've always had production facilities at those different places that are within a block and a half radius of each other. So I'm not surprised by this at all. Uh, I honestly don't think it's a bad thing either like the world's not ready to go back to live conventions so why even worry about it
1: the the only thing i think is a bad thing in this case is that we haven't heard anything out of esa itself aside from rumors and reports of people going to vgc or other outlets talking about their plans i think it's strange that we're hearing this news that e3 is not going to be live from uh the la convention center i feel like that's one of those ones where it's like Cool. At, at this point, you should have had. If I was, if I was the ESA, I feel like I would have had a press release or some sort of statement being like, "Hey, E three is still happening this year. Uh, we got plans for it. Stay tuned." Or detail what your plans for it are because. You've had reports. You've had people come out and and, and talk about it. You've had people uh, – you've had the news come out that it seems like it, uh, you guys are charging six figures for companies to get involved in this year's E3. And from the outside looking in, right, for us as the audience looking in and being like, cool, what can we expect for for this year's E3? It feels weird, and it feels like what we're getting – out of e3 news so far is bad news coming from every other source that is not the esa it'd be nice for the esa to come out and be like hey be cool like this is what we're doing it's all it's okay everybody calm down we can chill out um i find that to be a little bit strange
0: see i come from the other side of it where i think that them being quiet right now is a good thing because they to me that means there's at least a chance they're gathering a bunch of dope shit together to wow us and kind of win people back on on e3 because if they just came out and said hey guys we're e3 and we're coming back everyone would kind of be like we don't care you know but if they can come back and be like playstation's involved and microsoft's involved and nintendo's involved then all of a sudden it's like well fuck we can't we can't deny that you know what i mean like oh shit that that's what we want an e3 to look like digital or otherwise um so i imagine they're working on all that and like with all this stuff coming out it's only coming out because people are digging trying to find information on it (laughs) you know what i mean so it's like i i feel like there's there's no winning when it comes to the right way to please everybody with these type of announcements and shit it is march which is pretty late for um An E3, which you you imagine to be early June. Having said that, though, when you start to add up the pieces about what Jeff Keighley's been talking about with Summer Game Fest this year and with what this, this E3, this digital E3 could look like, I wouldn't be shocked if there was at least some level of communication happening between those teams to make sure there's not overlap. So perhaps we're not hearing things because they're they're trying to not have the problem of what happened last year and people are actually communicating and trying to make a schedule that feels a little bit more feasible and tenable for, you know, both the audience and the professionals out there that need to cover the different events. Is that way too hopeful? Probably. But I mean, the realities are, we know those events are happening. So. Mm It's like whatever we hear this and whatever it ends up happening almost doesn't matter because we do know what's happening.
1: Yeah, I I think you make the good point, right? That right now they're probably heads down trying to find ways to make people care. My question for that would be, do you think they can make people care about E3 this year? Mm-hmm. Because you mentioned like, hey, let's go and try and get PlayStation and Nintendo and, and all of them involved. PlayStation, I think, is a safe bet that they're not going to get involved in E3 uh uh we look at other we look at other companies right ea does their ea play thing uh, and there seems to be no obligation for them to want to go during that week even though we've gotten we've gotten them you know activating that week in previous years but within the last year right we got that whole summer of gaming thing summer games fest thing where everybody was spread out all over the place in the case where ubisoft had multiple ubisoft forwards which seemingly marketed their games in a successful way where you know, you don't have to take away focus from Immortals Phoenix Rising when you want to talk about a Riders Republic where you can make those their own events. I can easily see Ubisoft going, yeah, why do E3 or why do Summer Games Fest when we can do our own thing? I wonder how much of a struggle E3 is going to have this year, especially if, especially if they're going to do uh, a digital-only event to actually get people involved when there is competition like like Jeff Keighley and like companies
0: doing their own thing. Because the way I see it, People are fucking idiots if they're looking at this as competition and not collaboration. It's like, I don't understand if you have an event why you wouldn't want to be part of Summer Game Fest. It's just additional branding and promotion towards your shit. Like, Ubisoft Forward's great, and I I think you're absolutely right. Like, why would they want to do someone else's shit when they could do their own? Summer Game Fest isn't someone else's shit. It's just getting extra promotion and branding from one of the top influencers in the industry. Like, it, that, it's silly to me to, to not want to be a part of that. And, like, we don't know the back-end deals. And, like, hearing that stuff about E3 charging 100K or six figures plus, whatever. Like, we don't know what Jeff Keely's charging, if anything, or whatever that looks like. And there has to be some levels of deals. There, Like, all of this is based on money. So, it makes sense. Like, whether it's advertising money or, like, cash money, baby. Like, and it's all coming from somewhere and going somewhere else. So, I'm interested in it. I, I think that e e3 doesn't necessarily need all of the the big dogs but if it gets mm-hmm. some of them it's like all of a sudden they're interesting it doesn't even need to be one of the big three like it could be a ubisoft it could be uh ea or you know one of the, anyone anyone that's ever had a press conference at e3 a proper press conference if it's back there who do you who do attention. you think shows up though because my, my
1: thing is if i'm ea or if i'm any of these big companies right i don't think after last year, I don't think I I give the ESA the money. I like I, I <clears throat> Jeff Keeley I, I think is an interesting point right with Summer Games Fest that Jeff Keeley probably not charging six figures to get involved because Summer Games Fest is pretty much a, a glorified calendar. It's an awesome thing right in order for uh, in order for uh, these companies to have organization and communication and be able to be like cool if Ubisoft Forward is going down the the second week of June ea is not going to go the second week of june instead ea is going to go the third week or the fourth week or the first week in july i think that kind of uh collaboration is awesome for the exact reasons you're talking about and i think that makes complete sense especially if jeff keely's not charging six figures maybe it is closer to 10k or even free or who knows um for e3 to pay in order to get involved after the the uh, last year proving that so many companies can just do it on their own it's hard for me to think of a scenario where Ubisoft or EA or Square Enix or any of the big dogs want to get involved?
0: I mean, there's a lot of reasons why they would. And like, I'm not saying that like I would do it. Like, If I had to have the choice of going with with E3 or going with Summer Game Fest, I'd go with Summer Game Fest. I would do my own thing and just have it be part of Summer Game Fest and get the promotion from it. That, to me, seems like the most duh, no-brainer of it all. But the thing with E3 side of it is like we don't know what the show's going to look like. And while it's very easy to hate on E3 for a multitude of reasons. There are certain things that they've done very well over the years. And if you pick apart certain bits of those and they kind of reform what this is to be a digital event that works, if they get the right people involved with whatever the production of the show is and with the, whatever the hosts are, whoever the guests are that they have, like that it could turn into something where it's like, okay, well the promotion's built in there. So it makes sense to buy your way into that the 100k is going somewhere and i know all of us audience people are like well where's it going it's like well they'll have the proof is in the pudding when it's like like, whoever when whoever Ninja's hosting their goddamn shit and it's like (laughs) there are brands that are like well it's worth us to have to spend 100k to be next to ninja do we think that's worth it people in the chat and me no but let me tell you a lot of marketing people 100% 100% think it's worth it. And yeah. they pay especially that
1: money. When you, especially when you have that money to spend, right? Like Totally. EA, I'm I'm sure a company like EA has enough, has $100,000 to spend on very good marketing, right? If you're side by side with a ninja or who, whoever the ESA is going to
0: pair you with in order to get that boost. We scoff at the 100K buy-in price. The people that are paying the 100K buy-in price are not. They're just going to pay it. Mm-hmm. And people on those teams will. They're going to make a big stink about it on Twitter and be like, I can't believe it, whatever. Guess what? At the end of the day, those motherfuckers are paying. It's happening. Yeah. The question is, who are the motherfuckers they're going to pay for this year for a digital E3 when it's hot off the tails of last year when it was just a mess and Summer Game Fest completely destroyed E3 because there wasn't an E3.
1: Exactly. I'm pulling uh, directly from VGC's VGC's article from early February, right, where they talked about what the plans are for the ESA. Uh, They mentioned here, this article is written by Andy Robinson at VGC. Uh, The ESA's intention is to hold multiple two-hour keynote sessions from games partners, an awards show, a June 14 preview night, and other smaller streams from game game publishers, influencers, and media partners. And that's about all we know so far. And again, these are coming from uh, people... People talking to VGC and not necessarily from the ESA itself. I expect that we'll that we'll have words soon from the ESA because there have just been more and more leaks and more and more people talking about what E3 is going to be that is that are that are not them. And if I'm the ESA, I'm like, cool, we got to control this message at at some point. Even though they, I'm sure they are trying to figure out those those partnerships. Uh, but I hope we hear from them sooner or later, or sooner than later, because mm-hmm. right now I don't have the utmost faith in E3, and that's a combination of both what we've been reading and hearing about it. And then also just what the lay of the land looks like with totally. how things are changing and they could adapt to that change. I have no doubt so that, that with enough shifting and changing that E3 could uh, turn into something different that makes sense for 2021 and the years beyond. Uh, but again, that's a we'll see kind of thing.
0: Glegger in the chat says, did summer game fest really destroy? Uh, and then Simpatico says, not in my opinion. Uh, I, Destroy is probably a harsh word there, but at the end of the day, if we're looking at the facts of it all, and it's like comparing what E3 was compared to what Game Fest did last year, I guarantee Game Fest brought way more eyes. And granted, that's cheating because there was way more things over way more time, but that is what we're comparing. It's comparing the Mm -hmm. one week versus the three months. And I, I mean, I know for a fact, we reacted to 10 times more Uh, conferences than we ever would have if it was all just in one week just because it was spread out and allowed us to be like okay well this you know I'm blanking on even the names of them now but uh help me out here bless new game plus expo the the, the new game plus expo we would have never reacted that during E3 but we did there and that's us making content out of it so not only is that us then showing our audience that but that's also I guarantee so many more people are like you know what I'm gonna give this a chance today because I have nothing else to watch so I'm gonna put it on so it's like, yeah, Game Fest was a success in so many different ways. It was a failure in the sense that we all looked at it and we're like, oh, this is stretched out. And, you know, there's no major announcements and it's all just kind of whatever. But it's like at the end of the day, when you look back at it, a lot was announced in Summer Game Fest. And if you were to compare Summer Game Fest to an E3, it is it's up there with any of them.
1: It's comparable. Yeah. Tim, speaking of things to look forward to, let's talk about story number two. Forever Entertainment is developing multiple remakes for Square Enix. I'm pulling from Sal Romano at Gamatsu. Forever Entertainment has entered into an agreement to develop and release multiple game remakes based on one intellectual property owned by Square Enix Japan, the company announced. The name of this property will be announced separately at the launch of a worldwide marketing campaign. The remakes will feature new visuals while maintaining the same gameplay and scenario from the original versions. Release dates will be announced separately. This is just the latest in a series of remake projects by Forever Entertainment. The company released Panzer Dragoon Remake for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Stadia in 2020, and will launch Panzer Dragoon 2 Zwei Remake in 2021. It also announced remakes of The House of the Dead and The House of the Dead 2. Tim. A new Square Enix remake. What, 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 what could it be?
0: What are you thinking? I don't know. I mean, this is interesting. So the Panzer Dragoon remake was not well received. No. So
1: that's they not... got like a six at IGN. I think it's like sitting yeah. at a sixty-two on Metacritic.
0: And I loved Panzer Dragoon back in the day, and I remember I played the played it when it came to Switch for a little bit. I was like, oof, this is rough. So I I, I gave up after like literally ten minutes. Uh, but this is interesting what are they going to do especially when they just announced the final fantasy ever crisis which looks fucking awesome uh for coming to mobile and i wish that was coming to switch and i'm hoping that, that we get a switch announcement for that sometime soon because it looks legit uh if you guys don't know what i'm talking about when they did the state of play last week they announced final fantasy 7 remake Intergrade uh coming very soon in june and they also separately square announced that there's two final fantasy 7 mobile games coming uh one of them is literally a battle royale battle royale and uh the other I one I can't wait is, for that one is ever crisis which is a uh, it's essentially a remake another it's, remake of Final, it's a Fantasy, Final 7, Fantasy 7 remake but it's a Final Fantasy 7 compilation remake so it also includes the story of Dirge of Cerebus and before crisis and uh crisis core and all that stuff uh which is very very cool I'm very excited for that and it looks awesome uh but it's a mobile game so I'm hoping that it does get the the port over but that to me, uh, interest, it, it's interesting to me that we heard about that and then this news is hot off the tails of that because that is kind of like this but a little bit different because we got the new visuals but while maintaining the same gameplay and scenario. So that'll be the same scenario but it won't be the same gameplay because we already already saw a gameplay trailer from that and it definitely looks like a different style of, of game compared to any Final Fantasy we've had before or Final mm-hmm. Fantasy 7 we've had before. Um, so to get to your answer, Parasite Eve?
1: Oh, my God. I was waiting for somebody to say it. I was waiting. I was waiting for it to come up. Give me Parasite Eve. I I mean, the the options are in the air right now, right? Like, my unrealistic once would be Brave Fencer Musashi because I've been wanting some kind of comeback for that game, even though I know there's probably no reason financially for them to bring it back. I just liked Brave Fencer Musashi back in the day. But if you go through the, the franchises that Square Enix has access to, right, like, it could be anything. You know, I'm on the Wikipedia right now, and there's there are more Square Enix franchises than I think I even realized. Because well, go, dude, that's
0: that's the thing, man. Because not only obviously there's Square Enix, but then there's Crystal Dynamics. There's their whole Western side of things. Like that's yeah. what was so crazy about, like even the Go games, the the mobile games that Jen used to work on up at uh, Square Enix Montreal, with its it's like so cool good. Deus Ex and Lara Craft Croft and uh, um, Hitman. It's yeah. like that's cool. Like those franchises are Square, even if. We don't think of them that way. Yeah, that
1: often. I mean, this this new story does shout out though Square Enix Japan specifically, which I which narrows it down a little bit, but still leaves access to still a bunch of different IP. Right? like I'm I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now, and it goes like Seven Saga, Act Razor, All Star Pro Wrestling. Arcanoid is Square Enix? That's interesting. Uh, battle Gear, Battle Stations, and this is the alphabetical. I'm still in the B's, mind you, and if I skip through, right, like, Bushido Blade is in there. Um, uh, going through, Deus Ex is Western, but Deus Ex is, is a Square Enix franchise that I want to, to have a comeback. Um, f- fighting Force. <laughs> Front Mission is another one that's a little bit more popular. Um, and, like, the list goes on. M- mana, like, there are, there are a lot of options for them to go, to go through. But here's um, the thing, though,
0: Bless. Like, hmm. I'm, okay, there's a lot that I want to break down here, but like, let's start with the pie in the sky. Like, what is the crazy get hype? Holy shit, I can't believe they're doing this. Because to me, the answer is Chrono Trigger. Yep, that's what I was gonna say. Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, which I'm Here's... shocked hasn't been remade. Because, dude, you... let think think about this for a second. Every mm-hmm. Final Fantasy has been remade, if I'm if I remember correctly, up until six. Like. How did we get like a Final Fantasy 4 remake from 2D to 3D on the, the 3DS or DS? I don't even remember anymore. But how do we get that? And we never made 6. Like the most popular one. We we live in a world where fi- we live in a society where Final <laughs> Fantasy 7 remake exists. At least part 1. But it's out. And we haven't had a Final Fantasy 6 remake on a handheld system or something. Like that's nuts to me. We Here's have the my mobile thing. port, but that's different. You, you talk about the pie in the
1: sky, right? Or the most get hype announcements. Mm-hmm. You're Square Enix. You're coming off of Final Fantasy VII Remake being such a successful thing that people are in love with. That is a big budget AAA title, one of the biggest titles of the year. Do you want to give a Chrono Trigger Remake to Forever Entertainment, who's coming off of Legendary Dragoon that got a 62 on Metacritic?
0: And that, So that's the second part that I wanted to bring up, where I'm like, but what has Forever Entertainment done? Is there any faith or trust that they're going to get these things right? I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about them to to make that judgment because all I know is Panzer Dragoon. But think about like Platinum, right? Where it's like when we talk about Platinum games, it could be Bayonetta or it could be Cora. Yeah. So it's interesting because like looking at the story here, it's like it also announced remakes of The House of the Dead and House of the Dead Two. So I'm excited about that. Those love are, me some House of the Dead. <laughs> me too. Me too. Those are some Sega games, right? Yeah. Yep. So those are also Sega. Sega. So okay so they're just so they didn't acquire forever Entertainment. they are just entering into an agreement for them to make some yes games.
1: and i'm sure it's a similar agreement that forever entertainment probably has with sega i'm sure that's kind of what their thing is hey who can we talk to in order to help remake their games or bring them bring them forward or whatever
0: interesting and so, so... you might
1: you might have to think within that same scope of okay legend of Dragoon, house of the dead what is that size for Square Enix that they can bring back, but isn't necessarily one of their big titles. Something that is more of the
0: double A or mid tier. Square. The Bouncer. Oh my God! <laughs> you yeah, figured I, it out. I don't know if this is gonna work. Is there? Can we try to get Imran to come into this? Is that uh, possible? we can't right now. We can we holler can't? at Imran. I mean, if wait, wait, you yell you loudly less?
1: enough, he might be able to hear you. In the, I don't
0: know if he's in the chat.
1: No, well, yeah, if he's in the chat, he can come through.
0: I say, I I'm saying we. I don't, know I, what don't
1: he, know. I don't know what he's up to. Is what I'm saying. He might oh, be working. Gotcha. He has a job now.
0: Yeah, fucking though. Like we can do, <laughs> you know What I mean. <laughs> I can, dude. I can DM him right now. DM, DM, DM him, Ron. DM him, man. Um, but as you do that, just thinking about this, it's it's exciting to me because Square does have such a, a vast library of games that they can go back to um and so many of them don't really need to have any crazy upgrades or anything and just a nice visual boost could go a long way because the gameplay and story are what they need to be already um but i don't know this it's interesting where i don't know how small they can get with this with it being worth it for them because it's like sure chrono trigger might be too big of a a deal for them but really is it like i was remember talking to um to ash over at good vibes gaming recently and crow trigger is his favorite game of all time and he was talking about how many copies it sold and it's only in the like it's like a million copies sold total mm. and it's like that's insane
1: oh my I, god imran khan I, is fast as shit holy shit like, i i literally clicked enter five seconds ago greg Miller like texted me he's like i have to be in there uh i'm in a meeting i really can't stay long good. <laughs> all good, okay. all good. Okay. Okay. But yeah, just a quick question. We we're talking about forever, forever entertainment. I don't know if you saw that they're working on a Square Enix remake. Yeah, what do you think that is? Parasite. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> Let's fucking go, baby. <laughs> we're here. I love you. We Aaron. did it. Have fun That's what
1: I think. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Imran, I love you. Thank you so much. All right, I gotta go. <laughs> all right, peace out.
0: I love him. So, if this happens, so I'm
1: taking all credit. We
0: yeah, will honest, you know, real talk quest. like this is going to be like one of the tim save the bandicoot type situations of you <laughs> we brought back parasite Eve, me and greg the, the
1: game that neither of us played we brought it back out of out, uh, from talking about lps love you you love to see it speaking yeah. of things we love to see ladies and gentlemen we got some elden ring leaks uh this is from andy robinson over at vgc A leaked Elden Ring trailer is being actively circulated in online chat groups, VGC can confirm. The video, which has been seen by VGC but cannot be shared for legal reasons, is labeled as Bandai Namco Confidential and shows a significant amount of off-screen footage from what appears to be a planned gameplay trailer for the From Software title. The video leak represents the first significant update on Elden Ring since it was announced in June 2019, and the first time anyone has seen gameplay outside of its publisher or developer. The gameplay footage shows a montage of familiar soul style melee combat, boss battles against a fire breathing dragon, and a large sword wielding foe, and a glimpse at horseback combat in a large open environment. Since the off screen clip seen by VGC seemingly only shows a portion of the trailer, there is no release date mentioned. However, we understand Elden Ring has been has already been delayed several times internally due to disruption caused by the pandemic. People with knowledge of the game's development told VGC that production has been significantly hampered by remote working restrictions, which have been in place for nearly a year. One person close to the game's development said that, due to the disruption, they believed it was unlikely Elden Ring would make it out this year. Tim... Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think we see all the ring this year? No, especially with all of this. No. Yeah, I believe it. I <laughs> I, I, mean, it. I think that it was the plan, but yeah, it's this to me essentially confirms 2022 for this game.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I like. This all this all this all sounds awesome in terms of like what the what they're showing in the trailer, right? And this is all stuff that we knew, right? It's coming from from software, and so it's going to have Soulsy combat. It's going to be open world. There's going to be horseback riding. Um, the one the one thing I'll I'll I'll, I'll say here with the, with this whole new story is that it sucks that Pete somebody's probably going to get in a lot of trouble over this, right? When oh, yeah. leak leaking uh, this footage, and so it's it kind of sucks on that level. Um, but you know, to the point of them working on it. Uh, or th- them having to delay it because of the pandemic and how that's affecting their work conditions. That makes sense. Take your time. Like, I don't think we need Elden Ring this year, right? Like, you know, take your time on it. Polish the game. Make the best game possible because people are looking forward to this game.
0: I mean, dude, Elden Ring, I think, is is they know what they have on them. And I, oh, it yeah. is an extremely important thing for them to nail this, the rollout plan from head to toe, because this this game has the chance to... Really, kind of hit in a more mainstream way than the previous from title have from titles have, simply because of the legacy that the Souls games and Bloodborne and Sekiro all of them have built over the last couple of years. And I think we're just at this fever pitch moment of them breaking over where I think the narrative of oh my god, these games are way too hard. You cannot; it's impossible to get into them. Has changed to like no, 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 no. Like it's worth getting into, and you know all that. Like you can ease into it and. George R.R. Martin to it and all that stuff. It's just like, and the fact that this is going to be a next-gen game that people are, like, looking forward to that's going to potentially push the boundaries of all this shit. Now we don't know that.
1: They've not announced platform yet.
0: Which brings in a question from Neil Ayoshi, who
1: writes in and says, Hey, insert who is hosting today, long time, first time with Elden Ring news on the horizon. Do we see this being a 2021 launch or further? Also, do we think this is going to be a next-gen game? What are your excitement levels with Elden Ring now that KF has dabbled more in the Souls like games the past year or so? And this is this is an interesting one because I think the easy answer is yes, there has to be a next-gen version of this game because. It's a huge release. You know, if it's coming out in 2021 or 2022, why wouldn't you have a next-gen version unless you've been working on it for a long time and that wasn't in the cards? Um, well, I think it's the
0: opposite way that they're asking. Are we getting a PS4 and Xbox One version? We're obviously getting mm-hmm. a PS5 and Xbox Series X version. Or Series version. I think that's a good question. I don't know. because like, I think, that I think you probably like, do get both. I don't know. Like, we'll see. I mean, it, it depends on when this game's actually coming out and what this looks like. I think that it's going to be undeniable the change and shift of what Cyberpunk did for the industry. Where you have to look at this and be like, at some point, I bet you developers will look into the games and be like, all right, cool. We have the other gen version. We have the next gen version. Is the other one good enough to put out or are we going to get totally ripped apart for this? And at some point, that money and having to deal with refunds and all that is just simply not going to be worth it so mm-hmm. i can see them like trying to cut and run or whatever and also it'll hit a point where th- it, if it does come out late enough it'd be weird to come out on the last gen console but i
1: mean is it when you have that install base like i, I for me that's the big thing is this is a third party game and so mm-hmm. for them what matters most is sales and if you're going to if you are going to release this game in 20 20- if your plan was to release this game in 2021 1000 percent you're doing cross-gen 2022 i think that becomes more a little bit more of a question but mm-hmm. if you have those versions already being worked on and probably um very far along at that point then i think you still release for both last gen and current gen because at that point what do you have to lose by releasing cross-gen
0: i think you're right but when we look at it from software, it's like there's a lot of things where we can look at it and be like, well, why didn't they do this or why didn't do that? It's like, why doesn't Bloodborne have a 60 FPS version yet? You know what I mean? Uh, it's because like they're working there's... on that remaster, 60 FPS, but,
1: ray tracing. Yeah. It takes work. That's why. Yeah, yeah. I don't know I, that I, to be I, true, but like I, I hope that's true.
0: <laughs> I get it. It's just one of those things where I'm like, sometimes the most obvious answer isn't th- what they're gonna actually do because mm-hmm. of w- a bunch of things that we don't understand or like behind the scenes stuff. But um, I, I think that Elden Ring. Definitely has more going for it than some of the other ones have. I mean, I'm more excited for it than I would be if George RR Martin wasn't involved. So there's something there. Do you think Um, you're going
1: to try it out? Like, what's your what is your hype level for Elden Ring?
0: My hype level is I'm I'm super hyped that this seems to be the game for so many people and like that they have something mega huge to look forward to. I'm definitely going to give it a shot. I'm not expecting it to stick with me, but you know, they've they've earned that they've earned that for me because their lineage has been fantastic and I like George R. R. Martin. So they're making the right calls to get me interested.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm super hyped for Elden Ring. I'm more hyped for Elden Ring than I realized I could ever be, coming off of beating mm-hmm. Bloodborne in December and then following that up by playing through and beating Sekiro. Over the weekend, I legit uh, booted Sekiro back up. And I'm not I'm not the type of person that Returns to games as much after beating them. Usually, I'm like, okay, cool, I beat it, I'm done. And if, if I if I really want to play more, if, if the platinums extremely attainable, then I'll go for a platinum, or I'll go for side content and all that stuff. But I'm usually not that type of person. And over the weekend, I was just like, man, I kind of just want to go back because I I've been <laughs> craving Sekiro. I've just been thinking about it while I'm not playing playing it because the gameplay of it is so uh, addicting and the way that the combat works and all that stuff. And I'm at the point where I'm seriously considering either doing a new game plus or starting from scratch, you know, now that I've beaten all the bosses and I know their patterns and I could probably beat that game way faster than I did the first time. It's kind of like a a challenge that I want to do for myself. And like that is translating to how much I kind of want Elden Ring, because I know for from software playing Bloodborne and then playing Sekiro back to back and seeing how dynamically different those two games are, but how phenomenally they are designed makes me, makes me look at Elden Ring and go, well, if they're able to make, this gothic horror game uh fantastically and they're also able to make this uh uh, uh shinobi uh, uh you know fast combat game as good as it is i want to see their take on an open world i want to see their take on what a george rr R. martin designed world can look like that sounds awesome to me um yeah. and so i am i am very much looking forward to Elden ring at this point
0: I'm I'm excited because it seems like a lot of kind of funny is going to be into Elden Ring when it comes out in a way that a year ago, we wouldn't have been, <laughs> you know, we got you and Andy kind of pushing forward for sure. And Imran isn't with us anymore, RIP, but like, That's I'm beautiful. sure he'll, he'll make some appearances to talk about that, that as well. Uh, but I, speaking of going back to old games, I booted up Jedi Fallen Order just because I, I had that same itch oh, I was yeah? just like, man, I want some of this. And like, that was my, the closest I've gotten into being into that type of uh gameplay and man i can't wait till the sequels announced yeah Let's i saw you know. tweeted
1: about the jedi fall in order Oof, sequel and i hadn't even I thought it. about
0: that yet like
1: Gen- jedi fall in order came and went a little bit for me but i loved it as, well as i was playing it and when you when you made that tweet i was like yeah i could go for a jedi fall in order game like that does sound like a fun thing to play right
0: hell now hell yeah man
1: uh speaking of ea though story number four ea's delayed the next need for speed this is owen s good at polygon Electronic Arts will postpone the next Need for Speed game by a year and put its studio, Criterion Games, to work supporting EA Dice on the Battlefield series, which will debut on the PS5 and Xbox Series X this fall. In an interview, EA's top executives for studios stressed that neither franchise is in trouble, nor is Criterion being taken off its next Need for Speed project. Laura Laura Meal, EA's chief studios officer, told Polygon that pandemic working conditions and the Codemasters acquisition are already delivering... Already delivering at least one racing game for EA later this year made reassigning Criterion a rational call. Quote, well, Battlefield is shaping up great. The team has been working incredibly hard. They pushed hard last year. And yes, we have been working from home, uh, Meal told Polygon. Uh, she continues, and it's hard. It's hard to make games from home. And the EA Dice team is, is fatigued a bit. We have been, we have a great game and some incredible potential with this game. We're playing to win. We're playing to put a great battlefield game out in the market End quote, uh, as a reminder, last November, EA mentioned that battlefield, the next battlefield and the next need for speed games should be out by March, 2022. So there you go. Tim, do you have any thoughts on this one?
0: Um, so they're saying, so originally they were saying by March, 2022, but now it's delayed a year. So the next need for speed would be by March, 2023 they not
1: necessarily delayed it a, uh, a, a year, but well, actually, oh, I guess, hmm. Well, I yeah, mean, I guess they delayed then, whatever. It. No, I guess that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, so look, I guess that would make it 2023.
0: Obviously, take whatever time you need. Like, don't put out bad projects. That doesn't help anybody, and it's just a waste of time and money and all of that. I hope, I dream that one day we'll get a Need for Speed of consequence again. Because Need for Speed used to really mean something. And now it just kind of just feels like a title that... Could have put out six different games in the last ten years, or could have put out one, and none of us would really know the difference. You know what I mean? Because it just kind of they just happened. I know like speed heat came out, but it just kind of just came and went. Like I wonder if they can't, if there's anything they can do to make it really relevant again, because it used to be a powerhouse, man. Like God, do you think criterion a, a, is the
1: answer because this is the first it could be by criterion in a while because the last' yeah. been made by ghost games. the Last three I want to say, in the previous one that Criterion worked on. I believe was the reboot of Need for Speed most wanted.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think that, that it could be. And I, you know, it getting delayed or pushed back for pandemic reasons isn't the best news. I'd much rather it be like, "Hey, we're we're pushing it back because we want time to like get this right just as its own thing, not because of some other external factors." But again, I hope that this means good things and all of this leans to the most faith i've had in a need for speed in a long time so we'll see yeah and then yeah. battlefield is like cool of course there's another battlefield coming but it has been a while since we've had one or at least heard about one so
1: yeah this all this all makes sense i'm i've always i've i've been sad for a while that like criterion has been relegated to this support studio because criterion are i mean they're blown out right and those are some of my favorite racing games And I'd love for Burnout to make a return. But at this point, I'm kind of giving up hope. Because with EA having both Need for Speed and Burnout, Need for Speed, I think, just in in name, automatically just sells more units for them. And so they just want to keep churning those things out. Which I get. Like, do your thing. I get it. Um, But at the very least, I hope Criterion making the return kind of brings back that Burnout spirit. Because I I thought we were going to get that a bit in Need for Speed payback when we saw the trailer for that. And then again from Need for Speed Heat. I know some people really liked Need for Speed Heat. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I I hope I hope we see a return to form for Need for Speed because I'm with you that this last generation of Need for Speed kind of blurs together. Like it started off with Rivals, we got the Need for Speed uh, game that was just called Need for Speed. We got Payback, we got Heat, and I look at all those games and I'm like, cool. Like I I try I usually like jump in for a session and then I'm like, yeah, this is definitely a modern Need for Speed, and then pop out. Um,
0: yeah, Kevin, if you could bring this up. Here's the thing, Bless. Obviously, I'm a Need for Speed Underground fan. I just want another Underground, whether it's Underground 3 or I must just prefer just a, game, a new reboot called Need for Speed Underground. But so like, look how good this PS2 game
1: looks. Dude, I remember, so I had, I had Burnout 3 Takedown on the PS2, and there was a demo for uh, Need for Speed Underground 2 in Burnout 3 Takedown, which is the thing that I, I I miss when that happened because that would happen all the time in the PS2 era. But I, would, uh, I used to play that demo all the time and be like, what is this cool ass fucking game? <laughs> like, they're
0: fucking racing at nighttime. It's all cool. The soundtrack is just incredible. But, dude, I'm how is this game almost 20 years old? Yeah, it looks amazing. And, like, Bring imagine this with, with ray tracing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, the most beautiful thing about Need for Speed Underground was all the puddles and how reflective and Tokyo it all looked. You know? Oh, my God. It'd be amazing
1: god bring it back uh tim i have a couple of more news stories for you but before we get there i want to tell you about our sponsor of course you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by honey we all shop online and we've seen we've seen that promo code field taunt us at checkout uh, i gotta pause myself on the video because it's weird seeing myself on the twitch screen go full screen while i'm reading uh, <laughs> but uh, back to the ad thanks to honey Manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online that range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you... when. When at checkout, the Honey button drops down, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. Kind of Honey loves Honey. Tim Geddes himself has used it for years and has saved thousands of dollars. He says himself, you're silly if you don't use it. It's free and easy. Isn't that right, Tim?
0: silly. Silly. Silly, silly!
1: Honey has found its over seventeen million members, over two billion dollars in savings. If you don't have, if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. That's right, free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid in supporting this podcast. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com/games. That's joinhoney.com/games. So you know, so they know that we sent you. We're also brought to you by Logitech. Gaming headsets are important. You want a headset with a good mic, good sound, and a headset that feels comfortable to wear. That's what's best about the G733 Wireless Gaming Headset from Logitech G. The G733 Lightspeed Wireless Gaming Headset comes with 2.4 GHz wireless connectivity, front-facing dual-zone light-sync RGB, blue-voice mic technology, Pro-G audio drivers, and multiple colorways to choose from. It also has total freedom with up to 20 meters wireless range with Lightspeed Wireless. Keep playing with 29 plus hours of battery life. Play wirelessly on PS4 with stereo sound. With front-facing dual-zone light sync RGB lighting, you can personalize your headset lighting across style and comfort. The reversible suspension headband is designed for the for the ultimate comfort during long play sessions. Each G733 colorway has its own unique headband design. There's also soft dual-layer memory foam that conforms to your head and contours around the jaw for a better seal, reduce stress points, and delivers long longer-lasting comfort. Greg was very entertained last week with the whole uh, contour around the jaw for a better seal. And now that I say it out loud... I'm also very fascinated with that because I wonder <laughs> what that looks like <laughs> because that must be like wearing like a, a bike helmet but cooler, you know, because it's oh, a headset. Yeah. You know, get that get that that tight grip going. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't. It's available mean. in multiple colorways each with its own vibrant reversible headband and, co- and corresponding ear pads. For a limited time, Logitech G is offering our listeners express shipping at logitechg.com. Use code Ship 31 for express shipping today that's express shipping for all logitech g products with promo code kinda funny daily free ship three 1. hurry now since after this promo the code expires in three days last but not least brought to you by doordash you want chinese they want pizza and someone is craving froyo there's something for everyone on doordash doordash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door and now you can get the grocery essentials you need with DoorDash 2. get drinks, snacks and other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, where you want it from and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop off setting. With, with over 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Australia and now Canada, you can support your neighborhood go to's or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle and Cheesecake Factory. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021, for our Canadian listeners, use code GAMESCA. That's 25% off. Up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021 in the U.S. and GAMESCA in Canada. Don't forget, that's code GAMES2021 or GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change. Terms apply. Story number five, uh, Bandai Namco trademarks Bandai Namco Next. This is Stephen Tailby at Push Square. It looks as though Bandai Namco will be joining its peers with its very own digital showcase the publisher has has registered a new trademark for something called Bandai Namco Next, which is almost certainly going to to be a live broadcast in which the company delivers news on upcoming releases. Akin to something like A State of Play or Ubisoft Forward, we anticipate this is Bamco's own show through which it will provide updates on its own IP. Perhaps what's most exciting about this is that right now the rumor mill is is worrying about Elden Ring from Software's next action RPG. Currently the internet internet is a was about a leaked gameplay trailer. Could it be that the that the game will make its long awaited return during Bandai Namco Next? And Tim, that's something we hadn't talked about in the previous news story. Where do we see this trailer that uh, that's leaked online? Do we see it soon, and do we see it at a possible Bandai Namco Next?
0: well, bless, it would make a lot of sense to be at a Bandai Namco next. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if Bandai Namco has... Bandai Namco has never done a showcase like this, and all of a sudden, they're doing a showcase like this right after we see leaked footage from what looks like a trailer for Elden Ring, I imagine that trailer for Elden Ring is going to be the, the you know, kind of linchpin of this whole thing.
1: Yeah. No, that would be the hotness. That would make a lot of sense. Now, do you think Bandai Namco Bandai Namco next... <laughs> <laughs> is indeed going to be a EA Play or state of play type thing, uh, and when do you think we see it?
0: Uh, it yeah, definitely. I I don't think it'll be as big of as like EA Play. I think this will be more similar to like a smaller uh, Ubisoft, Ubisoft forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and I I imagine we'll see it fairly soon.
1: <laughs> I hope so, man. I could I could. Like, we talk about how the whole E3 Summer Games Fest thing just lasts the whole year now. Um, But the way that this year has kind of kicked off, when I say this year, I mean the last week. (laughs) The way the last week kind of went, the last couple weeks kind of went, right? Where we got the Nintendo Direct, the state of play, the Pokemon Presents. I'm in it, man. I'm ready. Give me more of of the things. What's up, Tim?
0: I have a theory. What's up? And I might be wrong about this. But taking all of the news stories from today and putting them together, except for the Need for Speed story bandai namco next will be part of e3
1: oh i can see it
0: you that asking like sense. you say like what could get people interested with e3 it's like it's this type of thing yeah potentially i think
1: that, that would totally make sense right like i can see i when we're talking about who is e3 partnering for this year's <laughs> event I, I i i struggle hard in terms of the Ubisofts and the uh, the Playstations especially and the EAs especially because we've seen them separate themselves a bit but something like Bandai Namco I think makes more sense and I can see also a Square Enix and th- those publishers being like yeah there's some value in this let's cough up the however much money it is to get that E3 naming alongside our convention or alongside our presentation in order to get that promo yeah could be
0: interesting and like the thing is I have seen a lot of different press conferences come and go over the years right bethesda didn't always have a press conference then all of a sudden it did konami mm-hmm. back in the day had one and then didn't square enix every once in a while they are depending on their titles they either do or don't and the scale to you know which they exist changes uh depending on the year but uh bando namkai I, I like the idea of different devs and publishers kind of having showcases when they have enough things to show or even when they have a main event thing and then we can be introduced to things around that I think that that's when these showcases work best so the idea of if it is Elden Ring that's getting us all in but then that's surrounded by all the other Bandai Namco titles sure we're gonna get a lot of anime stuff but you know there's gonna be some cool things in there see it's
1: interesting because if I'm PlayStation or Xbox I'm getting Elden Ring in my presentation that's the one that's the one wrinkle is like one of them has to be like, yo, we got to own this thing. I forget mm. where we got, uh, funny.com slash you're wrong. Where was Elden Ring first revealed? Was it revealed at a PlayStation or Microsoft aligned thing? It, wasn't it Game Awards? I could be wrong. Sekiro was definitely Sekiro Game was Awards. Sekiro was Game
0: Awards, yeah.
1: People are saying Xbox E3. Okay. Yeah, people are saying it was at Xbox E3. Xbox so E3
0: 2019. I would anticipate
1: okay. the next time we see Elden Ring might be at a Microsoft thing. And also, I like there there were rumors about this Uh, a bit earlier that microsoft has some sort of presentation coming up and people were theorizing that we see elden ring there and then um uh, i think it was aaron greenberg that was like hey don't expect any any sort of big thing at a microsoft conference anytime soon and that includes elden ring um and so who knows but if they're planning to reveal (sighs) see this is all difficult because i think that elden ring is probably a sooner than later trailer drop and that wouldn't line up with e3 yeah, well, I mean, dude, but that he, would he, that would line he, up with being Namco next two months from now, maybe three. God, I guess it is. Depending on how you do yeah. math, but <laughs> three uh, three months. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. let's do bets because I like this conversation. Yeah. When when what
0: month do we get Elden Ring reveal? Elden Ring trailer drop? Well, okay. Here's the thing: Aaron Greenberg very clearly was talking about Elden Ring and just being like, "What what he was saying is that there's no Xbox conference anytime soon." Mm-hmm. That's what he was saying. He yeah. wasn't saying there's no Bandai Namco next coming anytime soon, for sure. So that could happen. Although, but I'm it's just the you, question Les, of
1: where does this where does this land? I'm where does an you. Elden Ring
0: get revealed? I'm with you in the sense that Xbox is, is going. Xbox and PlayStation are going to want Elden Ring associated with them, and it's already Xboxes, and I don't think they're going to lose that. Yeah. So I do imagine that there is a very good chance that we see this trailer at whatever the next Xbox conference is even if that's no time soon. Which if that's the case then maybe this Bandai Namco next isn't a digital showcase at all. <laughs> it could just be a trademark. It for could be it else. could be
1: a like a blog post, honestly. Like it yeah. it could be a, a series of blog posts where they're like, "Hey, here's what we have going on over the course of the next year and a half and we're going to lay it out for you." But them doing ban- them doing Bandai Namco, Bandai Namco. Why is that so hard to say? Bandai Namco Next doesn't mean that that is the reveal for Elden Ring, but Elden Ring can make an appearance. Mm-hmm. We could get a Microsoft thing, and then the next day get Bandai Namco Next, which is the big gameplay breakdown of what an
0: Elden Ring would be. You know, like they have, we have
1: options like that because we've we've seen things like
0: that before. Jeff grubb in the chat is saying, I do know that Xbox has tried to lock down Elden Ring marketing, but don't know if it got it. So, okay. Yeah, that's that, that another wrinkle. But but I mean I I do think I imagine that we're going to get Okay, let's do some So okay, well, some I, I want to do bets.
1: Hits. I want to do two two a two-layer bet, okay? Mm-hmm. One when do we get the Elden Ring trailer? Mm-hmm. And we and we can just go month, right? What month do we get the Elden Ring trailer? And then two, how do they how
0: do they drop it? <sighs> I don't know. Like, where do I really sit? don't know. This is hard cuz like but I a question I want to ask first Is Mm -hmm. when is Xbox's next showcase? Are we not getting an Xbox showcase in any form until E3 or game fest, because you imagine they're going to be around the same time, if anything, because we know Jeff said that game fest is a month this time instead of three months, thank God, Mm -hmm. but it's like, where does E3 fall into that? Is it going to be part of it? Is it going to kick it off? Is it going to end it? Is it going to be separated? Has he said which month? There.
1: Did he say which month? I don't think so. he say it's going to be a month during, during the summer? Uh, man, this is interesting.
0: You know? Yeah. Because like, there, I, I mean, a lot of facts for the Microsoft
1: question, I would say May. But also, for Microsoft, what do you have? you know, like, what are you going to show at your presentation? I guess you have a lot of stuff that you can show there's, that's going to come out next things, year, maybe. Yeah, yeah.
0: Totally. Hmm.
1: I'm going to say May or June for a Microsoft conference. The tough thing is, I think, this Elden Ring trailer... Hmm. Okay, you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to put out the prediction. I think we get the trailer in May. I think it's included in a Microsoft presentation.
0: Ah, this is hard. I mean, all right. I'm like 50-50 on Is it coming out in March? Like this trailer? Is it just going to drop somewhere? Or is it going to be part of this Bandai Namco next? And if so, well, where the does that fall? i it's part the, of Bandai Namco next. No, no.
1: The Bethesda, I mean, <laughs> if you want some more info too, the Bethesda acquisition, I believe, finalizes sometime soon, I think within the next month or so. And people are, people... Have been uh, running that rumor mill that that's going to align with some sort of Bethesda presentation. I think they talked about that on XCast also, and so that might push an actual Microsoft-related thing to later, if that's how they wanted to. I mean, that it. is a
0: Microsoft-related thing. Yeah, but they if wouldn't. They a, wouldn't pull. They wouldn't pull Elden Ring though. In that. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. that would just be Bethesda specifically. So yeah, I'm mean, it. I'll say it. Bandai Namco next, and I'm gonna say it in June. In June. During it'll be during E3. See, if it's if it's a Bandai Namco next, I
1: think it's happening this month.
0: Okay. I'm, but I'm but I'll, let you out, I'll let you guys <laughs> that, though. Like, okay, so
1: cool. We're we're locking it in. I guess we don't necessarily have to bet anything specific. Let's just bet bet for the for the fame. For the fame and glory. What know. was the Indiana Jones thing? Another pizza party. But Kevin has so many pizza parties coming to him. Yeah. No, let's do it for the fame and glory uh speaking of the opposite of fame and glory let's talk about uh story number six which is our last news story for the day we've got even more stories of stadia's struggle this comes from Jay peters at the verge two new reports from bloomberg and wired have shed some light on some of Google's failures in building its Stadia cloud gaming service. The reports come just a few weeks after Google Google announced it would be shutting down its in-house Stadia game development studios. One key issue, according to Wired, is that Google Google may not have put as much investment in its internal studios as its much-hyped plans for Stadia may have suggested. Stadia chief Phil Harrison announced Google's Google Stadia Games Entertainment Studios at the Games Developer Conference in 2019 when Google made its first big splash with Stadia. However, according to Wired, quote, it would be months until Google would actually hire the bulk of the the, the studio's developers, end quote. Google's goal, Google's goal, Google's goal was to hire 2,000 people over the course of five years to make stadia games Wired reported. Two sources also told Wired that stadia quote did not meet internal expectations in 2020. Uh, that backed up but that's backed up by Bloomberg, which reported Google missed stadia targets for quote sales and controllers and monthly active users by hundreds of thousands end quote. Google also attempted to attract users to Stadia by making deals with publishers for ports of tentpole games like Red Dead Redemption 2 in the tens of millions of dollars, reports Bloomberg. And according to Jason Schreier, the the author of the Bloomberg story, Google apparently spent tens of millions per port. For now, Stadia will continue to exist as a platform, even though Google won't be making games for it. Tim, this is just another round of reports based on what we've gotten out of Google Stadia and it doesn't seem like it was well-planned, is what I'll say for the least.
0: Yeah, At the definitely. Least. I mean, the, the most shocking thing to me is that the amount of money spent to secure the ports coming to, to Stadia of tens of millions of dollars. Like, that's crazy. At the end of the day, that's what things cost, and that this goes back to the six-figure price entry into E3. These motherfuckers got money on a level that we don't understand. <laughs> so, obviously, this led to not having the success that they'd be looking for there, but they will throw around this money when necessary, or sometimes when not necessary.
1: Yeah, the thing that messes me up a little bit here is that they spent so much money on third-party games like Red Dead and and other games, um, but seems they seem to not have the same commitment whatsoever with first-party, which I think is an interesting thing, right? Like, you would think that if you're going to go that hard for third-party, put in the same amount of investment for
0: first-party, and that I just mean, wasn't they did dead. right? Didn't they put the investment in? But they just never like it. It takes time to make games. So you yeah. can't just like come out of nowhere and be like, "We're starting this dope ass first party team," and then it's like, "Well, okay, the game's coming in three years, so that means mm-hmm. Stadia needs to exist in three years."
1: Well, that, that and that I guess that's the thing too. I, I guess that's kind of where I'm where I'm coming from. Like, they didn't. Not. It's not even like the. It's not even the uh, the money thing. It's more so the hey, how do we how do we prep and plan for this big thing that we're planning? Because Stadia didn't come out of nowhere, right? They didn't launch it out of, out of thin air. They must have been planning this for years. And with that being the case, you got to open – you got to start getting that studio going, that first-party development going years prior to launching this thing so that by the time you actually come to launch of the service, you have a game or two that you're able to be like, cool, this is a AAA Stadia exclusive that you can get hype for. The totally. fact that it seems like they didn't actually get that going until after uh, Stadia's announcement – speaks to again like just bad a bad management in terms of this launch mm-hmm. but man i'm sure we're gonna get a lot more stories about stadia in the near future but tim the near future is so far away if
0: i wonder what's coming out to mom grab shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts who want to let Bless know that that was the worst segue of all time each and every weekday. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do- See, I'm not a near us, future anyway. is so
0: far away. <laughs> is it not though? Literally, far like, is relative. The, the most like, <laughs> oxymoronical thing. <laughs> Again, time is relative. Near
1: future, far for somebody. What what mm-hmm. makes the thing far? We have no idea. Out today, we got. Why is Microsoft Edge opening on my computer right now? Get out of here. Right yeah, out today, we got foregone for PC. PC. A Guilder's Journey for Switch. Gun Slugs Two for Switch. Teamfight Manager for PC. Blaze Ball Season Twelve launches today uh and then the mario items and animal crossing are now live new dates for you cobra kai card fighter is out march 19th for the what? app store and google play
0: what is that
1: <laughs> i i saw some gameplay footage of this tim uh-huh uh, i don't know if i'm into this one i don't know if, i don't know if that's gonna be the cobra <laughs> yeah, what, kai game passed. i don't know if, i don't know if this is the one chief i think this cobra kai game might not be the one that gets people in even though there is that other cobra kai game that i've heard decent things about And so So funny if you want your cobra kai gaming fix it's out there for you i'm pretty sure whether you like cards or fighting (sighs) games there's something for you tim now it's time to squad up uh greg writes in not our greg a different greg (laughs) writes in with a squad up on ps5 and said and says started playing borderlands 3 and wants someone to run around and loot stuff with Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to run around and lose stuff with, with Greg, not Greg Miller, uh, you can add Greg on PS5 with the username Gregory Gurdies. Gregory Gurdies is what I'll say. Uh, that is spelled G R E G O R Y G E R D E S. Gregory Gurdies. Now it's time for com slash you're wrong, where that's, that's where you write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash funny games and podcast services. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Ooh, this is an interesting one. Uh, A writes in with the, "You're wrong," and I should probably confirm this, but it seems like the ESA. Actually, let me let me confirm it before I actually say it out loud. Um, let's see here. Mm-mm, 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 this has to do with the. Okay, it seems like ESA back in 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 early February, with that when that original report came out from VGC, confirmed to IGN that E3 2021 would be digital but i also kind of want to find the the quote because i don't want to yeah it seems it seems like they confirm that and so there you go what else what else is you're wrong here editorializing
0: that's a good one charles jacobson saying elden ring was actually announced as a ps4 xbox one pc game it was meant to come out before the new consoles came out
1: see i i thought i thought you knew that i thought i thought the conversation was more so when they canceled the previous gen versions
0: yeah which i mean definitely i i think is likely at this point but that's based on thinking this is going to be a 2022 game and if it is a 2022 game i don't think it's january (laughs)
1: That's it for kind of slash you're wrong. Uh for kind of funny games daily hosts this week go like this. Tomorrow it's Greg and Gary Witta. Wednesday, it's Tim and Andy. Thursday, it's Greg and Paris Lily. And then Friday, it's me and my roommate, Michael Hyam from GameSpot. And so look out for that. That should be a very good one. Uh if you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this, is Mike, Nick, and Andy playing what, Kevin? Mike my- Mike's not here, right? Mike's oh, is he out. not? yeah know, oh I'm then like, it's nick and andy playing, playing, playing what kevin, what, kevin? <laughs> control control <laughs> oh playing some of that some of that control and so that should be a They're good time out of
0: control man wow
1: get out of control of course this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news needs to know about we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time game daily